Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Well, that means that this is episode 26, everybody. What's, 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 what's up? What's popping? What's up? What's good? I don't know. I'm excited that winter is is over. Almost over. Yeah, don't 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 fuck it up, Karina. Don't do that. Don't put us in a position where we gotta take back clothes and shit. Because you need extra, you need extra money. You know, we got another eight weeks until summer. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. So yeah, we're here. Episode twenty six, mixed company. Um, we can go straight into dope shit or ain't shit then. Um, and I think, I think I'll get started and then listen to you guys. So my, I have dope shit, although there's tons of ain't shit, but I'm just going to stay positive and talk about the magic of Snapchat. So Snapchat is out here and they are coming for TV's ass. Um, we are about to get some new original content on Snapchat, specifically, um, specifically content that generally comes from, what's it called? Network Network television. Um, so variety and let me open up my article. Do, 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 do. Variety and Adweek, um, posted earlier today about, do, 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 do. And pause and start again. James Corden. Yep, so Variety and the Drum News posted about Snapchat looking to broadcast the Late Late Show offshoot with starring James Corden. They've also been in the talks, um, I believe, with Jimmy Fallon and a few other late night hosts for some animated series. Um, to add to their Discover page. So those of you that use Snapchat or follow Snapchat know that there is actually really cool branded content on their Discovery page. I read, I read one from Vice like a couple months ago where like this, this photography journalist, is that what they're called? This photojournalist like followed strippers in Atlanta and like their lifestyles. Like it was really, it was actually really, really, really cool. It was this guy from London or Ireland? This guy from the UK came to Atlanta, followed folk around with a camera and documented the lifestyle of uh, dancers in the Atlanta strip club scene. Um, and actually in Magic City and went to a whole bunch of them and explained like what kind of actual career and lifestyle this really is for people. So with that, people know that millennials, especially younger millennials, are moving in the direction of consuming much of their content on mobile. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Career trajectory for strippers. I'm just gonna hold off. I mean, I'm not gonna judge I'm not gonna judge anybody for their decisions. Um, I'm equal opportunity entertainment from everybody. But millennials are moving in the direction of of consuming their entertainment via their mobile device more so than their um, televisions. So with that, Snapchat said, look here, I got y'all, and we're about to create our own TV shows on the Snapchat. So it looks like they have like about four or five on their Discovery page right now, and they're looking to increase it to about 20 by the end of the year. 
um I think that's dope. I think that's dope too. Like it's like it's extra it's extra dope because it's kind of like I remember I remember toiling about cutting my cable because I was like I don't really need cable if I have this like Apple TV and I can watch Netflix and my network TV and it took me about a year to like really commit to it and literally there are gonna be people who don't even do that they're just gonna be on their Snapchat devices in like ten years that that shit's crazy you know there was a time when we had cable boxes you remember my TV (laughs) yeah shoot listen let me not tell you about my cable box experiences but does the content disappear like does the show disappear. You know what? I don't know. I didn't read that. I was also skimming these articles, so I may have missed it. But I don't. I I would, couldn't imagine, right? Why would you? Or maybe you would make it disposable content. Who knows? Um. But yeah, that was my dope shit. Shout out to James Corden. Do you guys watch that? Like his uh his karaoke car. I love it. Oh my god. But his show is a. Why don't I just walk for the karaoke in the car? (laughs) No, he's very talented. He's He's got jokes. He sings. He acts. I think he's funny. But he's got a dry humor. I mean, everybody can't be Bruce Bruce Simeon. So... Why, why would that be the first place that you go to? <laughs> because I feel like you're about to be like you like some people only think funny is like deaf comedy jam, and I was like, no, there's different cultural funny. I did. Comic different cultural no, funny. No, like if we wanted to go in that room, I would go like Louis C.K. They're not the same funny to you. No, no. Louis is so dark. And He's like way darker. Larry, He's also very and like Larry, American. Larry David. Larry David. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> you just went a whole other way. Anyway, with all, I say all that to say shout out to Snapchat and shout out to everybody that's getting on board and about to make all these all these monies on the Snapchat. Snapchat's like, oh, you thought we were only filters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they said, take that Instagram. You can have you can have the filters. We will keep the TV and the entertainment. Thank you. Oh, that's awesome. I have my dope too. Uh, <laughs> you just slide on it. Uh, my dope shit, which it's a couple of weeks late, but it is Masters of None on HBO by um, Netflix. Oh, sorry, Netflix. <laughs> um, it is Masters of None on Netflix by Aziz Ansari, and uh, this is the second season. If you haven't watched the first season, um. It is about a 30-year-old something aspiring actor who lives in New York City and I guess he's a foodie, whatever. I don't care. What do you mean? Um, Like he's a foodie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, But the reason why it's my dope shit is because the cast is extremely diverse. Um, It's basically, it basically, I wouldn't necessarily say it mirrors living in New York City, but it's an organic, diverse group, diverse group of like relationships on screen. Yeah. And it's basically representative. Like I feel like it's representative of like what happens like if you live in like a major city, and you're in entertainment or communications. Like you would have a group of friends that's Asian and African American and white and. South Asian and like that's just like normal as opposed to like what we're used to seeing on TV which is like girls 
and Friends, where the the diverse characters, the multicultural characters, are just like side notes in this main plot of just like pure whiteness. So that's my dope bitch for the week. And I like that show. I watched the first season. Watched the second season. And if you haven't watched, you don't necessarily have to watch it in order. You can like watch the second season and then watch the first. That's not real life. Really? Why would you do that? <laughs> because you want to. And who's going to tell you no when you put it on the TV? Do I even? That means do I even need to watch the first season? I haven't seen it yet. You I did. It's on my list, don't but like. Need to watch the first season. No. Oh, then I won't. Like to, you can. Yeah. The choice is yours. I'm gonna see how much I like the second season. I do plan to watch it. Nice. If I, I like you, it, I'll watch know, the first. I think you'll like it. You should watch the first season. I think Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I, I, won't, I, I won't argue with you because it's 2017 and I'm feminist as fuck. So. Are you? Because even you saying that is a little off. Mm, thanks can, anyway. Can is CNN still a reputable media source? Who? CNN? CNN is it Who told you they weren't, Trump? <laughs> In this day and age. I guess. Well, I'm still well, considering I'm them a source, source and, and what? Anyway, so it's finally happening. Black Twitter has spoken. The Rihanna Lupita movie may be happening, and it may be uh, directed by Ava DuVernay. And guess who signed on to stream it? Netflix. They sure did. That's word on the street, though. I did see somebody post about not seeing. I guess they said, like, somebody, I don't know, somebody was questioning it. Oh, well, CNN, they wrote an article on it, so I'm hoping dreams have become a reality and black Twitter has spoken. Amen. And it may be written by Issa Rae, so. That's a lot Look at of, you, power to the people. That's a lot of pressure on Issa Rae. I'm sure they can knock something out in, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> that's not I feel like that's even more pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Well, you know what would be dope? What if it, like, blends real life? Because they have been cited at, like, the Met Gala. So what if the stories, like, overlap with, like, real life and fantasy? Like, like they make a, a movie from stock video? No, like, the, the, the movie script overlaps with realistic events. Oh, that's probably what will happen, though. I find that dope. I'm excited. It is though. It, it is exciting. I stand for both of them, so I'm here for it. I can't wait to see. Hashtag blur, black girl mashing. Hashtag black Twitter. Hashtag. <laughs> now y'all want to whisper. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, that's good. Okay. All right. Damn. That's it? That's it for me. Yeah. It just goes by so quickly now. What do you mean? The weeks? No. The conversations. Okay. All right. <laughs> We're going to have a large conversation. We're going to have We're a, a large conversation. Today. We are. We are. We I mean, are. I think so the goal is also to get out of here in like an hour, 20 minutes. We used to we talk here for three hours. hours. <laughs> We've never spoke here for three hours. <laughs> Don't you We've dare. We have not. We talk a lot of shit that we have to end up cutting out. Anyway. <laughs> 
So today's episode, we're actually going to talk about self-help, something that we all need, right? Um, In this world of ask, I guess Ask Jeeves isn't it anymore, but like (laughs) do-it-yourself-for-dummies, podcasts, uh, documentaries, YouTube videos, morning inspiration text messages, there's always somewhere to go, a person to speak to, an app to use to get your life right. Um, And... Continuing on from our New Year's resolutions, our goal is to make sure that we are carrying the torches for ourselves and making sure that we're the best uh, workers we could be, professionals we could be, advocates we can be, etc. So we're going to talk about some how you get your life right in 2017 and some resources that we've been using um, that we think are dope um, for discussion. So, first question, first question to you guys is, give me a drum roll so I can stall some time. Um, so, what are some good books that have helped you in your career? Have you guys even read any books? Do you, do you even <laughs> that read? Are, do you read is the first question. And then if you do, have you ever read a book that was specific to your career? I just started reading career books, to be honest with you. Like, I started reading school career books because, well, let me just start off to say that. I say all that to say this. I am an only child, and I feel like there's a lot of learning that I have to do by myself. So that's why I've been, have, I've been like, reading self-help books for a long time. Are you assuming that having siblings means that yes. you learn? I feel like you have somebody to learn. Why are you guys looking at me like that? Because it's, not, it's true. not true. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like you always you can see what your older brother or sister does and be like, okay, I'm What if you're the oldest? Well, I don't know. Right, girl. You, <laughs> you made that whole shit up. You made that whole shit up. My older brother. She said, I just, I've always had to learn on my own, like everyone. <laughs> My older brothers were in the military, so I don't, they were in the military, so I don't even, like, ask them anything about this life, because it's pointless. They're not comparable. What? <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I just started, like, reading, like, career self-help books, and I feel like you can take them with a grain of salt. This is just really funny. In lieu of having siblings, you read books I to teach you about life. <laughs> that was that's how I cope. That's funny. Well, I mean, like that's what a lot of like kids with no siblings do. Like you mean only, yeah, only child children. Only yeah, only what? Only children. Only child children. What? That only children. Right. Children with no siblings. That's what I said the but first time. But if you're singular, it would just be child. Okay. You're an only child. Because you're I'm the only, only child. child. But if you had a group of only children, uh, you know what? No. Disregard <laughs> me. <laughs> Maybe not you. No. That's too drastic. It's not a- your point is, you've been reading books to get your life right. <laughs> yes, for a long time. Because you didn't have you didn't have no siblings to set you on the right path. As we learned today. Uh, I'm actually in the middle of reading my first self help book ever. I guess it is a self help book. Ever. Like, yeah. like, okay. Why would I do that? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm reading a book by Carla A. Harris called Expect to Win. Ten Proven Strategies for Thriving in the Workplace. 
I'm on chapter... Before he gives you the number, just know that this man has had this book for about three weeks. But there's a lot so of dog ears on it. Do you see that? Um, <laughs> it looks like... From here, it looks like page 20 is dog here. So listen, so listen, let me tell you how I, how I read books like this. Backwards? No, I don't read it backwards. But I was having oh shit moments, so I was like rereading pages. Like, oh shit, oh wait, let me So you read all 20 pages twice? I didn't read them twice. And technically you could have been on page 40 by now. <laughs> I'm not oh, judging. Okay. Continue, I'm sorry. I'm judging, but go ahead. I am. We don't all learn the same guy. We also don't all read the same, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> but so far, I like the book. Um, and like Karina said, like you take it with a grain of salt. Um, but she works in, I think she was in like finance or Wall Street or something like that. But I think the, the rules that she has or the, or the strategies that she has in here um, are just like true. Like it's like authenticity. Be the architect of your own agenda. Have a flexible strategy and don't be distracted by mistakes. You are the captain of your career, the 90-day rule. Uh, the per- perception is the co-pilot to reality. How people perceive you will directly impact how they deal with you. The mentor, the sponsor, the advisor, having them all. Leverage your voice, articulate your views and your expectations. These are the chapters? Yeah, these are the strategies. Uh, have a pension for taking risks. You can't go wrong. Power in the network, a competitive advantage. Balance is necessary. Use your passions to achieve it. Expect to win. Show up with your best self every day. And the last one is my most precious pearl. I don't know what that's about. But, um, <laughs> like, it's just, like, it's it's a dope book. It's by a black woman. And like Karina said, like, you take it with a grain of salt because everything in there that she said are things that I actively don't do on purpose because they're not authentic to me so but mm-hmm. the i was able to like read it and go cool like i know why i don't do that because one of the things that she hit on in the book is like the art of like presentation like people who go into mm-hmm. meetings and try to emulate the way that they saw someone else present and then they end up fumbling because mm-hmm. it's not authentic but as opposed like you know one of Somebody I used to work with, I remember he would just be in meetings and be like, yo, it's so dope. Like, you have to do it because it's dope. As opposed to other people who I've seen where they, like, try to use, like, the big agency words and it just comes off feeling stale. And so, like, there's there's power in being authentic. And that was, like, one of the things that I took out of this book. I got this book from somebody who is um, on my personal board of directors. Um, she sent it to me because I was going through things at work. But, like, it's a dope book, and you should definitely check it out. It should be on everybody's bookshelf. And it's only $16. Pow. My book, the books that I've been reading are about routine. And, um, <clears throat> but side note, did you guys ever read that Ogilvy on advertising book? I feel Absol- absolutely not. <laughs> Which Ogilvy? Ogilvy on advertising. No. Like like the first book you get when you 
go into marketing or we didn't work there it's probably they only give it to you because you worked there uh, but schools hand that book out it's a textbook reading no if you listen to the show and you have that book on your list (laughs) stop trying to convince me i didn't read it okay anyway (laughs) the book i'm reading i read that was really good is manage your day-to-day and for me one of the things i'm trying to work on is my routine because i'll start off real strong for maybe about two weeks but i have a hard time like upkeeping that and i just think there are things that you need to have as a base routine so you have more time to like think of new ideas and and go further so like your own personal development and it's not it's broken up into um snippets from different like um coaches people who've worked in advertising thought leaders um it's by the 99 U, and it comes in a maybe a three book four book series and i'm about to read the second book soon but uh i liked it i i loved it and i think it was a quick read and I have a lot of tips, um, notes, so. What are your tips? So they have, the one that really resonated is about the choreographer, Twyla Tharp, and she. What? Twyla Tharp. Oh. She's a choreographer. She, one of her routines is, one of her advice was like, no matter what you're doing, like if you, whether you have a lot of things to do in the day or you don't, you should still upkeep your morning routine. So even she doesn't sleep in, basically. And if she does sleep in, she still does her same routine. She wakes up in the morning, she like exercises, she does all like her journals, stuff like that. She keeps that base because it keeps her consistent. She doesn't have to, um, she doesn't worry about like falling off. You know, she, she has that base, that foundation routine done for the day and she has the rest of the time to do everything else. And, I, and that's something, that's a level I wanna get. Cause sometimes I sleep in and sometimes, and I think that's what happens to me, what like it breaks off and I fall off and whatever. Mm. So I like that book. I'm what books you got, Kai? You be reading, so. I do read. Um, I read a few, quite a few books over um, the years, but they're, are a couple that I've felt were very helpful helpful to me in my career. And the first one is an oldie, a goodie, and probably a weird choice, but I loved The Secret when um, when I finally read it, which was in college. I think it might have came out while I was still in high school. On Oprah or you? It was, you know, it was on Oprah's book club, and, you know, Oprah started reading, and I was like, all right, girl, I'm going to get to it, and then I got to it. And when I got to it, I mean – Outside of, like, the mysticism that, like, people put behind it and, you know, it's regardless of what you think, I think there's something powerful about um, managing your thoughts and managing your th- – and I, and I truly believe that most self-help books talk about that as well. I know, Simi, you were saying in one of the chapters that she has there is um, something about already, you know, expecting to win. Right having the expectation to win or, you know, what you were talking, like, you're, th- or continuing your routine as if nothing changes or nothing, like, you're going to be great regardless. And I think what The Secret did for me outside of making me wish for seats on the train, which is one of the <laughs> things that, like, that, like, they talk about is how to control my thinking in in moments of desperation and in moments of, 
um, despair, it's really easy, especially for me, and I'm not going to speak for everybody else, but for me, it's easy to go down like a really dark rabbit hole of like, oh my God, I'm a failure. Oh my God, I'm never going to be anything. Oh my God, this sucks. Oh my God, everybody hates me. You know, like it's, it's really easy to go down that path. And when you do go down that path, one of the things that the book talks about is like, you're obviously like, if that's all you're seeing, if that's all you're thinking, that's all you're going to see. So if you're thinking things, not even just positively, but like if you're thinking you're going to win, if you're thinking you deserve money, if you're thinking you deserve a raise, if you're thinking you deserve an apartment, a house, no matter what your circumstances, you're always going to see and seek those opportunities to get it. Um, and that was the biggest takeaway for me um, in college because it was like at that point, I'm just trying to get out of school. I'm trying to graduate. I'm trying to navigate all these social problems that you have in college or whatever I'm trying to find a job I'm trying to you know like and you're just trying to figure out how to do it and at the end of the day what I learned from is that it doesn't matter what's going on if that's what you want you're going to figure out how to make it happen um another book that I read um was a few years ago book by so speaking of Netflix you guys saw that Girl Boss is now a TV show on um, Netflix. So Sophia Amoruso, who it, who was, is, I'm sure still is, the CEO of Nasty Gal, which was a vintage slash um, trendy website for girls, very similar to like an ASOS, um, to go basically find clothes, like bad, badass clothing for women, right? Um, I read Girl Boss maybe like four, three, four years ago now. Um, and essentially what it just what the book itself talked about which the book is very different i find from the tv show the book talked about her journey and her journey of just basically saying to life and social norms fuck you i'm gonna do it my way um and essentially getting to her point of success now at the time she was at the height of her career so everything in the book chronicles her life from like a teenager up until she was at the time I guess 29 okay. or whatever um and there was a lot actually I have it on my phone there's a lot that I took from the book a lot of it resonated with me if you if you consider yourself to be a rebel I definitely consider myself to be a rebel not for not for fun but out of necessity I think that this book um is a really good read she talks about you know, you don't have to do things just because people tell you to do it. Like, just because people say you got to go to college to be successful doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be successful. Just because people tell you you're going to be a failure also doesn't mean that you're going to be a failure. And driving out a path that works for you and that feels right. Because at the end of the day, if we got to sit here for hours out of the day and do work, you got to like something about it. Otherwise, you're just going to stagnate. You're not going to go anywhere. Um, it was inspirational in a way that wasn't, to me, phony. Okay. It didn't come across, like, preachy. It came across, like, well, shit, girl, this is how I did it. Shit, girl, this is how I got here, and I'm cheap as hell, and I still can't, you know, I messed up my credit when I was in my 20s, and I still can't get the car I want. But, you know, I'm working on it now. It was, it was a very, like, your homegirl talking to you. Um Another book I read that was amazing, um, Angie Martinez, My Voice. And that was actually one of my dope shit. Yeah, a while ago. Uh, my dope shit from, like, sometime last year. Um, season one. 
Yeah, season one, something like that, right? <laughs> Angie's book was great for me, mainly because, again, it's, for me, like, that's my mentor in my head. Like, you, if you've grown up listening to Angie Martinez and following her career, um, she talks about transitioning a lot, transitioning from intern, transitioning to from regular uh, employee to celebrity to completely changing her career, leaving Hot 97 to go to Power 105. Um, and that was inspirational. And then the last one that I really got a lot out of um, was Shonda Rhimes' Say Yes, The Year of Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Let me open uh, yep. I'm taking notes. The Year of Yes. First thing, in my head, the way Shonda writes sounds like how I, how I speak to myself in my head. I don't know. I thought it was weird. I thought it was weird. And then somebody hit me up like, yo, you're Shonda Rhimes. And I was like, son, I know I'm reading this book too. <laughs> She's very honest, very open, very to the point, and, like, not – there's nothing aspirational about her tone about herself. Everything is very matter-of-fact. Like, the way she sees herself is, like, the most regular person ever, and she does regular people things to get extraordinary results, which, for me, I found, like, a lot of her advice to be attainable. I found a lot of her insecurities to to resonate within myself as well because it's like, you know, there there doesn't matter how many people sometimes tell you how amazing they think you are. Like, if you don't think it, you're not going to believe it. And sometimes getting over yourself is the biggest hump. And essentially that's what, what I took from the core, um, the, 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 the core, idea of the book was basically how to get over yourself and sometimes you do have to force yourself to do it sometimes you do have to say you do have to get up off your ass and go to the gym sometimes you do have to get up off your ass and say yes I'm gonna go to this party because you never know what kind of opportunities you'll get when you get there um and getting over a lot of fear she talks about getting over a lot of fear she talks about um having a non-traditional family and a lot of things like that so those are the books that I've read, I'd say, in the last 10 years. Oh, I was in last week, like, week. <laughs> that I feel, because I, I think I read, yeah, I read I read The Secret in, like, 08, so it was, like, nine, eight, nine years. So that's interesting. I'll read some of these I never, books. Yeah. I read Angie's book, and I listened to Year of Yes. I didn't really think of them as self-help books, but now that you're putting it through that lens, they they are and maybe that's what it is like because to me like i'm not always gonna read like a 10-step book i don't i'm gonna skim that that's what i use buzzfeed for (laughs) like if i just want 10 steps i'm gonna go to buzzfeed but like to me i rather take out of somebody's autobiographical story or by or biographical story like i want to take the points that like from it's almost like advice to me. real life experience. This is what you went through. Okay, these are the nuggets I'm going to take from what you went through to make my next move. That's good. Because when I do read, like, coding for dummies, like, I got to read 700 pages of you talking to me like an idiot? Bruh, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> That's good. I don't know. Another book that I read was What Got You Here Will Get You There. And I, apart from like self-help books, I'm reading leadership books as well. And that's one, and the thing about this book, it's the main point is a lot of leaders, when they get to the top, they, as we all know, 
they still continue. They go on co-pilot, autopilot. And this book is like, uh, he's, this guy is literally hired to point out wrongs in like these CEOs. Like he has a whole system that he breaks down and he observes him for like two weeks at a time. And he's like, you know, I can see that you don't listen to your co your, your, your team or when they come to you, you come off standoffish. And those things may have gotten you to the top, but now that you're there, it works against you. And to hear that, and it just helped me to be cognizant, like, of what type of leader I wanted to be. That's kind of like what I'm trying to do now, sculpt that. So it was a good book. It's by Marshall Goldsmith. And I mean, if you're not, if you are at the top or aspiring to be the top, it's a good book to read. Um, before I move on to the next question, uh, what's it called? When, like, you don't make the, what's a runner-up? A runner-up. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. And I suggest to skim through it because I didn't have the time to read all the way through it because who has time to read books that are that thick these days? Um, 40 Laws of Power is definitely worth reading some of those chapters, if not all of those chapters, if you can get through it. Spark Notes? Spark Notes might be a good one also. I read that when I was 13. I don't think it's. I, don't, I, knew, I, I, I skimmed through it in college. <laughs> but I skimmed through it enough to get, like, a lot, once I got to the aha points, because then they do, like, a whole. They give you, like, so many stories and case studies about. I don't need all that. Just like, all, tell me what you want me to like know. In the, in the, in the uh, well, late 90s, like, all the hood dudes is reading that. But, like, because it's real. It's real, though. It's real, though. It did. It. it, it a lot of people don't like it because it comes across manipulative, and quite honestly, that is real life. Real life, like learning how to control your situation and learning how to perceive a situation and respond in a way that's going to get you what you want is highly important. Sometimes you de- you do need to know that. Um, one of the things that I got from the book was, you know, never. It's not. It's not in your best interest to come off to come off being like the smartest person in the room off bat like it makes no sense to do that give surround yourself with people surround yourself with people that can do the job for you and maybe not for you in a manipulative manner but definitely in a way like why give a hundred percent of your total energy so that you don't have any energy left when you can actually surround yourself with a supporting team. Now, I'm not saying to use people, but I am saying that it is important to have a good team. And that's something that I got from the book. Sorry, hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah, girl. But no, like, sometimes when, for me, it's like manipulation kind of like, oh, it's kind of disheartening, but it's necessary, you know, it's necessary and needs to be done. It's usually when you want to push people to do better, you have to challenge them and, and manipulate them sometimes. So those are some good, right, so those are some good books, definitely, if you can get your hands on any of them, any of the spark notes, it's definitely worth it, but it's 2017, and I think as a people, as a as a world, we've moved beyond just looking to books as resources. Uh, Britannica is no longer <laughs> our source <laughs> for information, and we are—we've been blessed um, to have the interwebs. 
um give us life so what are some other good resources outside of books so like websites podcasts newspapers text messages whatever apps what else do y'all use to kind of like motivate you excuse me motivate you and give you the information you need to make yourself a better person a better professional hip-hop True. <laughs> I was gonna say that, but it's fine. You know I mean, like that's I, I don't I don't really go out looking for like a lot of self help books, but like a lot of like early nineties hip hop that was just mm-hmm. like unapologetically like fuck this, be yourself. Mm-hmm. We on to come up. Uh being broke at thirty gives me the chills. Like <laughs> very like simple Christopher Wallace. I mean, like, it, it, it sounds funny, but, like, I remember hearing that it's at, like, true. 17 going, yo, I can't be broke at 30. <laughs> like, like, well, and, and to give perspective, to give the whole thing context, like, a lot, at the time, there were a lot of people that didn't feel like they would make it to a certain age. They wouldn't make it past 21. So it did become important to learn how to establish wealth and established profession and, and essentially establish a legacy for yourself before the age of 30 because there were going to be so many people that depended on you beyond your life your very short life so that part all made sense yeah i think like just not to and i don't think it was like literally me like taking a lot of the lyrics literal but the strategies that were like buried in these lyrics become the strategies that you kind of like use in the workplace. And I think that's why, you know, to, to the point earlier where I was making about, um, you know, the book expect to win where I take her advice with a grain of salt, because for me to be authentic, you know, that's, that's going to be when I give my best work. And so looking at Carla Harris, her picture on the back of the book, I know she's somebody's auntie. I knew she, I know she, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I know she, I know she grew up in probably like the late 70s, early 80s, and she probably has a different perspective on corporate America than I do. So she's looking at it through, through her lens, which, you know, a lot of people may think about as like respectability politics. And I'm looking at it through the lens of hip hop because that's what's been successful for me as far as me assessing. Am I actually good right now? Am I am I on track to hit my goals? And if I'm not, how do I maneuver? And a lot of those things that you hear in these lyrics become the baseline of the way that you formulate the strategies in your head to progress. Agreed. So yeah, there's that. I think I still look at Essence. I mean, Essence is a really old magazine. It's not really that old, but it's kind of old. It's kind of old. My grandma used to read Essence. But, like, I find that a lot of the stories, the op-eds, the profiles, um, and just, like, the everything in the, mag- in the magazine. I use the digital one, by the way. Like, I f- and especially since it's still geared towards women of color, I find it very empowering. And sometimes, not even sometimes, all the time, as a woman, and especially as a woman of color coming up, um, growing up as an adult growing into my career i need to know who to look to like nobody in my family did anything like what i do there's not that many people in my family at all that do what i do so who else am i going to talk to about these experiences or 
it, to Karina's point, like there's there's no <laughs> sibling to look to that can tell me, no, girl, this is how you take this step. Um, so I tend to use Essence a lot to give me the feedback and um, perspective that I need about navigating career. You know what's a good one? Oprah's master class. Yes. yes. <laughs> Oprah's Oprah herself is still a good resource. Like, <laughs> if you're not if you're not too full of yourself to like take a step back in time and like understand the power of of Oprah, like I would say go on own, check out her master classes, probably some of your favorite business people, celebrities, influencers, um, have done a master class with her and it's interesting to hear their perspective on their journeys as well. I haven't watched um any of the master classes since I got rid of cable a couple of years ago. They all online. Yeah. They on YouTube too. Oh, good to know. But um, one thing that she did that stands out in my brain as like a resource was season twenty-five when she was ending the Oprah show, and they did. He said season twenty-five. I was like, how the hell am I supposed to know how many seasons Oprah got? No, I think I think that was the name of the show. It was season 25. It was the last season of the Oprah show. Mm -hmm. But watching how she interacted with her employees, looking at the diverse makeup of her employees, looking at how she empowered her employees, looking at, at how her employees empowered themselves and how they operated and how they, they moved and understanding that they all had like a career. Tra most of them had a career tra trajectory working at own where she developed these people from like the 80s and early 90s to me like that season like stood out it still stands out in my brain because mm -hmm. when we in the context of this podcast when we talk about which is basically about diversity and inclusion while it definitely skewed more women but i don't think i've ever like if if there was ever a need for like a case study for diversity and inclusion, like I think that show is like a good show because her staff makeup is extremely diverse. People of all different back women, mostly women of all different backgrounds. But we saw the output of what the Oprah show was like. It's iconic. Like it was virtually flawless. And I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that she had a diverse staff because Oprah's only one person, she can't come up with all those topics. She can't come up with all those segments on the show. So she was relying on those people to give her value. And I think to me, like that's, I mean, in, in the context of this conversation, which is about self-help, and like we were saying earlier, like you never know where you're gonna get the inspiration from that's going to kind of like guide you and like um, give you direction as far as like how you, give you the direction that you need in the moment that you need it. And so like, to me, that was one of the um, probably most unorthodox self-help things that I've encountered. If you like that, there's a podcast about Oprah, the Oprah show and how she built it with her team called Making Oprah. Yeah. And it's really short. It's like six episodes. And what I like about that series is that the self-reflective part for Oprah, um, this, particularly there's an episode where she had these white supremacists and it kind of took over the show because I didn't re I didn't think about this, but the Oprah show has evolved, like over has time. Evolved. It, it evolved. evolved. It evolved. Yeah, I was like, it's over. <laughs> well, it, but 
but like involved until it ended. But it wasn't always, you know, like what Oprah was in the '90s with self-help, like to the 2000s, like it wasn't right. always like that. It does go through yeah. like the, it chron it chronicles like how the show changed over time and how she changed and how to Simeon's point, like how her team changed. So that's a good one to watch. Um, there's also so again, so we don't just make podcasts; we listen to podcasts. How I Built This is an NPR production podcast that I've been listening to, um, and it essentially it essentially is everything you need in self-help, right? Trying to figure out how other people do things and what their advice is. Um, they're really short. They're usually 50, 50 minutes or less. Um, so I think the last one I listened to was Barbara Co- uh, Corcoran who is on Shark Tank and who, I mean, if you know anything about real estate, you know the Quirkin Group, they got monies. Um, But yeah, that one's a really good, (laughs) that's a really good podcast to listen to. Nice. All right. I mean, so with all of that said, like at this stage in our career, like, or, you know, how are these resources helping, helping you guys reach your work goals? For me, it keeps me motivated. Um, and it gives me other things to think about. I'm defiant. I'm rebellious. So oftentimes I, I just look at shit like, well, fuck that. I'm not doing that. But <laughs> when when there are points, when there are really good points that they're, that I'm seeing or hearing, whether it be TV, books, podcasts, radio, et cetera, like, I internalize it probably more so with music. But if it if it resonates with what I'm going through, I'm holding on to it and I'm and I'm gonna ride it till the wheels fall off. I mean, I think that's that's what it's about. It's like it's motivation. It's <clears throat> I mean at the the core of what we do, like we all need motivation. I think that's part of the reason why we do why we do this podcast is to A be a resource but also to motivate because Obviously, we're mostly talking to people who are in similar, in advertising or in similar fields. And part of the problem that these industries um, encounter is retention. And so motivation is like a key factor that needs to be ongoing and be consistent. Um, And there'll there'll never ever be a shortage of motivation. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or we'll never ever like, there's never too much motivation that anyone can get when you're working in these type of fields. So, I mean, that's that's the goal is to stay motivated, stay vigilant, stay ready so you don't have to get ready, as Karina says. <laughs> I do say that. But for me, it's like, if these, like when I read and I like take in all this information, even when I talk to people, it's more of like, I still reflect on it. Mm-hmm. I take that time that I take everything with a grain of salt, whether it's, and I've learned to do that, and I'm learning to do that more and more, but reading these books, listening to these podcasts, talking to people, like, taking it in, I think the most helpful part of my self-help is actually taking the moment to self-reflect, think about what I could do better, or just how I really feel about it, or really feel about the advice, or... You know, just, like, think about it for a quick second. Not overthink, but think about it. Maybe journal it a little bit. But that's been the most, out of everything that I do, all those things help me to do that, and that's been the most successful. I also say, like, a more non-traditional, or maybe it is traditional. I don't know. 
I don't know. Tell me what you think. I think it's a little unorthodox, but I rely. So I was telling somebody the other day, I don't know how people got through years of 20 years at their jobs without having a freaking group chat on their phone or on their (laughs) inbox of their friends that are there for moral support. Like I have about three group chats um, via Gchat and or text message with with some homies and there have been so many moments where I honestly just wasn't sure what the right response was to a situation or what the right question I should have asked or what the next step should be or what my thought process should be in line with where if it, if I had to do it by myself with no insight from outside sources like I might have I might have just been stuck and like I find having access to talk to my safe zone or my safe circle of people safe circles of people who not only care about me as a person but also care about my growth as a professional because the reality is if I eat if I eat we eat right if I'm a millionaire that means we all taking vacation right so having people that are that invested in the growth of my personal self and my professional self has been super helpful so I would say as a resource like self-help it's like immediate Mm self-help like like some people can wait to get to the therapist after work sometimes I don't have time for that and I just gotta (laughs) hit up I just gotta hit up the homie like listen this is what I'm going through or this is what I'm thinking or this is the direction I'd like to take what are what's your gut telling you because this is what my gut's telling me um so that's been another really good resource I mean to your question before gchat there was happy hour you had to wait right till the end of the day or but it hasn't don't you find it like i find it so therapeutic to be able to have those conversations at the moment like in real time like i don't i don't want i don't always want to go sleep on it i kind of want to make some decisions now or get some some i gotta get some shit off my chest now no, I mean, and like, and and having having the group chats of your friends that are rooting you on, and know the names of your coworkers, and know the clients, and it's almost like I need somebody to do like, I don't know, like an SNL skit of like what it's like to be in a really fucked up meeting with your friends on your phone, <laughs> like, and you're sitting there and you're smiling and you have the face on. And you just go over to, sh- I just have to shoot a quick message. And you talking all the shit to your friends because they know and they're literally holding your secrets. It's like all your best friends are right, sitting right next to you while you're at work. It's fantastic. It is fantastic. And it probably keeps, keeps many of us more sane than we would be otherwise. I mean, like to, to my point earlier of like having like a board of directors, that's kind of like what Gchat becomes. Like yeah. you have... You basically you basically curate this group of friends that mm-hmm. you know can. It is a curation. It is. We've curated people. I've curated <laughs> my friends. But we but we do it in the same way that you curate a board of directors. Like right. everyone has a purpose, and when you come together collectively, like we help each other solve problems. Okay. So yeah, yeah we definitely we definitely um are able to solve a lot of problems with all the friends. And I mean, that's outside of the group chats too. Like 
you got to surround yourself with people that like as a resource and not just for sanity's sake but greatness begets greatness right so you want to be around people that are either doing what you want to do with yourself or people that want you to do what you want to do for yourself like they got to be pushing you pulling you same thing like you as a friend you all you also have to be out here motivating people to be their best whatever that may mean um otherwise you just you end up standing still and it's not you're not gonna go nowhere i mean it's like that will smith quote like show me your five closest friends and i don't remember the end of it so I'm like, what your mama you says. Show me your you friends, are. and I'll tell you who you are. But it's, it's. Yeah, that's, it. <laughs> like, but that's is, what your mama say. That's not Will Smith. Let me say. You keep talking. I'll figure it out. Anyway. No, but I think all that's good. So I think we talked about different resources. Any last comments on resources? For self help, self improvement. Don't feel lame if you have to. If you want to pick up a self improvement book. I feel like sometimes with the stigma, nowadays, well, they don't have Barnes & Noble around that many times because of Amazon, but if you, if you want advice or if you don't, I think it's a privilege when you have people to talk to and you can, they can give you good advice. Some people's advice is not that good. Um, that's true. Everybody, everybody's self-help book ain't for you, yeah, and, like, and that's okay to feel like that too. I, I didn't necessarily care that much for um, Lean In, but it, I didn't, I didn't think it was a bad book. I just, it wasn't something that I felt spoke to me. Yeah. Cause I ain't never had no problem saying what was on my mind. <laughs> but, no shade. But there's like you know like if you feel like okay I'm the only person who who's in my field or whatever, like, and you want to pick up a book, there's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel a certain type of way. So uh, the Will Smith quote is, look at your five closest friends. Those five friends are who you are. If you don't like who you are, then you know what you have to do. Is that what it did to 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 Auntie? Never mind. No, okay. (laughs) I digress. No, I We're think all of that's real. <laughs> <laughs> digress. Goodbye. I think, I think all of that's real and all of that's fair. Um, so as we continue, we're almost coming up on the mid-year mark, y'all. So as we continue to push forward to be better professionals within the industry to to create change or to inspire change, like, ain't nothing wrong with getting better. It only sucks when you're not doing enough. So Don't be Very sorry. True. Yeah. All right, and with that, I guess we close out. Um, I'll go ahead and give you guys all the social handles. As always, we're on Gmail, askmixedcompany@gmail.com. We are on Twitter and Twitter and Instagram as Ask Mixed Company, and we are on Facebook as Mixed Company Podcast. So, if you want to reach out to us, you know how to holla. Keep liking um, our pictures and and comments and keep listening and we will talk to y'all next time. Peace.